Welcome to the Coeur Adventist Podcast. Created, produced, and directed by the members of the Coeur Seventh-day Adventist Church. To connect. To grow. To grow. To worship. To reflect Jesus. Let's discover what we can do. Together. 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 Welcome to Interviews, where we take the time to get to know individuals in our faith community a little better. My name is R.J. Henneberg, and for this episode, Jonathan Wold will be interviewing someone you likely haven't met in person before, but this person will play a vital role in our community. Today, Jonathan is talking with Doug Zimmerman, the new LCA principal. Doug has an interesting road ahead of him with the COVID pandemic potentially altering how school is done moving forward, but he's up to the challenge. So let's get to know him a little better. Thank you, Doug, for being willing to to jump on this. So you guys just got up to the area, right? Yeah, literally got out of the car yesterday and walked straight into my office from California. You, you've, and you've already been, I know this because I'm, I'm involved with the school. You've already been busy. We have you doing all sorts of things. And, and I, I can't ex- extend my appreciation enough. You've been busy for a while. You've, even from a distance, you've been helping out with things and being a part of, of this overall transition. So it's, it's great to finally have you up here in the, the beautiful state of North Idaho. Man. Well, we're, April and I are extremely excited to be here. Um, we're extremely excited to, be able to minister to this community. We're looking forward to that quite a bit. Awesome. So I wanted to just get into a bit of your story. And um, I know a little bit of it, but I want to give folks who are listening a chance to learn a little bit more about you. And I think a good place to start is uh, your, like, where did, where, as you think back on your childhood, like, where did faith first come into the picture for you? Tell tell us a bit about like your background and where, where faith first came in. Um, I would say probably um, my fourth grade year in elementary school. Um, My dad uh, had to leave his job, and so he was without a job for almost um, two and a half years. And we essentially lived um, on the um, just just on the uh, on the helpfulness of friends and family in Florida. Um, We actually lived with a family for almost two years, and. my dad would go off and work in different states and send money back at home. And my faith came, or a lot of my faith came from the fact that, you know, my brother and sister were both in, 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 in Adventist schools. And even though my dad was out of work, there was never a thought ever that we were not going to be involved in Adventist education. Wow. There was never the thought that, that we were going to attend anything but an Adventist school. And so I kind of saw how that um, worked with my parents and, you know, how God led there. Um, when I got to, and, and going up through, you know, elementary school and stuff, yeah. I was the kid that everybody wanted on your trivia, your Bible trivia game. Um, I could, I could list verses. Wow. I could remember names. I could do all those kinds of things, but I'll be honest with you, Jonathan, I really didn't have much of a connection. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until, um, during high school and, and towards the end of my high school years that I really established that connection. Uh, with Christ and, um, you know, that kind of turned things around for me in determining what I 
decided I was going to do with my life, and that was in education. What was um, the first? My, what was the first trigger for that connection? Like, if you think back, so you started out in fourth grade. Like, you've had that that Adventist context, right? And you're part of the school system, right. and you're being exposed to it, and and knew a lot of the knowledge. What for you personally was the? Where did that trigger first come in? Of like, oh, there's something I'm maybe missing here. I need something more. The connection piece. Um, it was definitely my junior year in high school, and I got into some issues uh, where I was actually asked to leave school for a couple weeks uh, to kind of think about my plan. And it was the teachers on campus. I went to San Pasquale Academy, which is boarding school. Mm. And my teachers actually came up to my home on campus and ministered to me. They went over my homework with me. Uh, They came up and talked with me. They shot baskets at my home with me and essentially told me that, you know, I had made a poor decision, but I was not beyond repair. I was not beyond saving. And that really triggered for me that, you know, these people were essentially ministering to me and showing showing me who, who Christ was, who God was, and that, you know, even though I'd messed up, I was still somebody of value, somebody that still had worth. And that, that, that really had a huge impact on me, and I'm pretty sure that that was when I decided that education was going to be the direction I was going to go. So so you have this sort of switch flip, like you, you have this sense of like, oh, wow, God, God values me, and, and that as I'm hearing it in your story that came about, like you saw that demonstrated in people who took time. Right. What, what, mm-hmm. what happened for you next? Like where did, how did that sort of that seed develop in your experience? Like what did the next few years look like? Uh, next few years um, looked like uh, I went to community college for a couple of years, trying to figure out what I was going to do. Mm. Um, actually um, went to La Sierra university, decided that um, I had met this, uh, this, uh, this wonderful girl named April <laughs> and uh, wanted to actually at some point be able to support that if I decided to, to marry her. Um, and so moved to La Sierra University to do that, and um, everything just kind of fell into place at that point. Um, doors opened up. I, I was short money, and I don't want to get into too much of it because I'm going to be preaching kind of on this in a couple of weeks as well, but God opened serious doors for me at La Sierra University to show that this was the road for me. This was the way that I needed to go. And that if all I had to do essentially was step onto his path. And once I did that, everything was going to be available to me. All the doors would be open. All finances would be taken care of. Everything I needed would be taken care of. And that mm. was really amazing to me. So when, when you, I think you're, you're well describing a, like how we think about the Christian life, right? Like when we put our faith and trust mm-hmm. in God, there's this confidence yeah. that we have that it's going to be taken care of. It doesn't mean though that it's easy. What? No. <laughs> so when you think back over the arc of your faith experience, like going into early adulthood and beyond, are there anything in particular that's, are there any moments that stand out as especially hard when you look at your faith experience moments that you, that you struggled or you questioned, like, is this, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah, I would say there are multiple ones. Um, when I first stepped into the position of being an athletic director mm. and the awesome responsibility that is to essentially run a program in, in, a, you know, in a way that's faith-based, whereby we're not only teaching skills and strategies, we're also teaching character development. We're also teaching life experiences. We're also teaching how to minister and witness to yeah. the teams that we're playing. And I'm telling you, sometimes, and you know, you have parents who are not very supportive of um, 
kind of just sitting back and letting things happen as far as they were expecting somebody to stand up and scream and yell at officials um, and mm. yell at my players and, and things like that. And that's just, that's just not the way that Christ would, you know, interact with someone he was teaching. Cause again, even with coaching, I still akin that to, you know, to, to teaching. That's essentially what a good coach yeah. is, a good teacher. And dealing with parents after the first couple of years of doing that really made me question whether or not I wanted to continue in this. Um, and then I, I, I've had some disappointments. You know, I, I started my master's program uh, two or three years ago, and there have been job opportunities that have, that have come up. And even at the school I just left that, um, you know, I felt that I was called to, to be a part of that. And, and when that didn't happen, I'll tell you, I was devastated. Mm. And it was last, this last school year was extremely difficult for me, um, to, to come to school every day and still remember that I'm, it's not about me. It's about the students. Um, but living with that, man, God, I've prepared for all these things all my life. And why aren't you giving this to me? And why aren't you allowing this to happen for me? And so that's, there were, there were over the last year, there've been some real, real deep, uh, soul searching moments for me. Um, but go ahead. <laughs> when you, when you take those moments, so you, I, that's, uh, I think that that's all, that's, that's an essential part of the faith experience. Like, as I think about what I've learned over the years, there's something about those, those moments and how you get through them that there's a richness it brings that, that like, it's mm-hmm. that refining process, right. That we, we hear, we hear talk about right. all the time. How did you get mm-hmm. through those difficult times? Like what did, how did like pretty or not, like what did, how, how did you make it through <laughs> those? Um, man, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, most of the, a lot of that came from April, my wife, she mm. was, she said, there's God has a plan for you, Doug, that there's going to, there's, there's something out there and that he's preparing you for something, for something bigger than yourself. Mm. And so I owe a lot to her. She's the one who essentially kept me on my feet this last year mm. uh, in, in doing that. And the other nice thing was is that the, uh, the new principal at the school I was at, he, he and I were able to collaborate quite a bit this year. And so in looking at that, it was actually a really good thing for me to then step in because he was a first year principal as well. It was really a great opportunity for, for me to learn and to step in and help in, in areas that I had not, you know, I had not been involved with before. Mm. And lo and behold, I, I, I think that is something that has served me well. And, you know, I, that I, I, I know that that will serve me here as well. Awesome. So you made a, a one of the, I think the, at least for me, often overlooked, but so such a powerful point about our faith experience is the influence that others can have on our faith, right? Yeah. And in your example, mm-hmm. the, the, the positive influence of April, when you think back over yeah. your church experience and being part of a church community, it sounds like that, that it sounds like that's been a fairly consistent aspect of your faith overall, being yeah. part of the church systems. What stands out to you? Like what has church meant to you? Uh, for me, it's it, it's about community and relationships. Um, that that's my big thing. Is I I, I want to establish relationships with people, and it's there's there's nothing like going into church on Sabbath and feeling that you're part of something, and yeah. that you know you're, you're the entire week 
you've been working, 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 and here I can step into my community. And these are people who are going to support me. These are people who are going to uplift me. These are people who are going to help me in, in, in my times of trouble and, and in my times of joy. And that, that, that's, that's pretty much why I appreciate church so much. Mm. So with anything good, there's often also a, a challenging side to it. From, in your experience in being part of a faith community, uh, what's, what's been hard about that? Does anything stand out uh, over the arc of your experience? Um, I think... I think probably the the thing that essentially kind of turned me off, I think a little bit in, in my high school experience was, you know, people who said and did, th- said and did some things and then acted differently. Mm. And I, I, I think, you know, in, 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 in any church and in any experience, you're going to have people like that um, and feeling judged sometimes. Mm. And so that's, that's been something that I have tried to avoid my, my entire life is, you know, taking somebody at their word and accepting the person for who they are, because, you know, that's, that's what God does for us. Mm. You know, we, by no means are, are we you know, the best people that we can be and just shining examples of things. But I, I think being real and, and, and accepting people is, is, is what I would be looking for. One of the things that I find interesting is to look back on like, as, as humans and see where we've grown. And if you look, look back on, on your own faith experience, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, whatever increment makes sense to you, are there any changes that stand out to you or any areas where you see that you've grown in your relationship with God? Um, yeah, I, I would say most definitely the, um, one of the things that, I, I enjoy so much is just establishing those relationships, especially with, with my students. Yeah. Um, I used to, I used to, you know, when we would go to potlucks or anything like that, you know, I'd try and, you know, I'd sit with, you know, people we knew. And I always noticed one of my, my fellow teachers, in a church in a potluck, and he'd always sit over there with the students and stuff. And I'd say, Hey, how come you don't come over and sit here with us? And he said, Doug, we never stop ministering. Mm. And so we need to make sure that we are always, always, with our students, what do they need? How's your week going? How's your weekend going? And mm. that had a huge impact on me as far as, cause you know, on, on, on Sabbath, especially as a teacher or an administrator, you know, you're a little leery sometimes to go into church, you know, because you're like, yeah. this is my Sabbath too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, you know, he just, he just helped point out to me that, man, we, we always got to be looking for ways to establish relationships with our students. And, and that's, that's something that I've tried to do. Um, so, and that happened probably 10 years ago. <laughs> so you've seen in your own experience, I guess this sort of outward focus, right? Like you've, you've made the shift and you've made service a part of that. How, how do you sustain that? Because the, the reality is it can be very draining, right? Like you look at those Sabbath yeah. experiences where maybe a parent's upset or, or kids are struggling with things like how, how in your experience is, how do you sustain that, that energy? Um, I think that you, by establishing those relationships, and, and I think for me, especially when I start talking to students, um, I don't know what it is. I kind of light up inside. I, mm. I, I really enjoy interacting with them. Even on, and even on the days where, man, I'm like, man, it would be so much easier today to just stay home and, and watch mm. church online or listen to a podcast or yeah. do something like that. But I also 
know that when I go there and I'm, and I'm a part of it, that it's going to invigorate me. And really, for the most part, it, it, it helps move me into the next week because I feel that energy and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is why I do what I do. Hmm. I find in my own experience, so there are definitely those times like, oh, I really don't feel like like doing anything further. But when I yeah. when I invest in community, especially on Sabbath, I, I can't think of a time where I ever regret it after. It's just sort of that ramp up and mm-hmm. sort of getting into it. And it always, I always right. think about, well, I don't always think about, but it reminds me now of, you look at, at Jesus and the time that he spent in ministry and just mm-hmm. how much was asked of him. Like people, but so he... He figured out he would take that time alone and away and just mm-hmm. draw that strength so he had what he needed to be able to give. And and mm-hmm. I, I I love that. And there's something that's inherently rewarding about that service experience. Like I, it reminds me of some of my, my work in children's ministry. There's something, I don't know, that, that is energy. It's hard. It's hard work. And it's mm-hmm. often thankless work, right? Like you, it's not all that often yeah. you get to see the the reward right but every now and then you do like you can see the lights turn on or you see an area of growth in someone that you've been ministering to and that's not why you do it but it's no. it sure is rewarding it's encouraging to see right. it when you can yeah and, and I, I would i would uh, piggyback on that and say you know most teachers or and administrators too we have a little box of um like a shoe box or something mm-hmm. like that that we have cards that we get from students, um, you know, and it, wow. and you're, like you're saying, it doesn't always happen within one year or three years. Um, I actually spoke to a student um, in, in, in a time when I, I thought she was struggling with something, mm. and she essentially told me to stay out of her life. Oh, and wow. after she graduated, she wrote me this long letter and, and, and card and essentially said, you have no idea the impact you made on my life because you spoke truth to me and I didn't want to hear it at the time, mm. but it essentially helped change the, you know, the way that I, I, I lived the rest of my high school years because you took that time to do that. And yeah. I think like that we all teachers have that box. And I think when we have bad days or when we have days that are just challenging and are a struggle, um, I go to that box mm. <laughs> and I've got stuff from kindergartners, from teaching physical education that I've got stuff from high schoolers, middle schoolers. And it, it essentially you look at that and you say, okay, now I remember why, why I do what I do. And I, and I think that also is, is what church does for us. You know, mm. essentially we, we reconnect, reconnect with those kids. We reconnect with community. We reconnect with God in that area with them. And I, and again, like you're saying that, that essentially sustains us. I, I love that. I love that focus on that. That's where I found like when you focus more on church as a, a place to connect and, and to recognize, I mean, one of the things it's like, it's all, it's what I love. It's also challenging. Sometimes you go to church and, you know, everyone has their, not their game face, but like their Sabbath face on, right. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's sometimes easy to forget that we're all like, we all struggle. We all have the battles that we're fighting mm-hmm. And God intends for us to to encourage each other and lift each other up, which which demands, in my experience, this this willingness to be vulnerable and to yes. not just not just focus on what's going well. And and it's it's right. tricky because you know no one wants to, nor do I ever want to be like a complainer, right? But 
Mm-hmm, it's important right. to recognize the reality that life is difficult. Like faith, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's hard. And it's one of those yeah. things where, especially as a teacher and you have so much opportunity for influence and for kids to see yes. how you deal with things and whether they mm-hmm. say it or not. And it's so, yeah, I, it also reminds me of like the story of Jesus and the, the 10 lepers, right? Like they're all appreciative, but mm-hmm. only one actually came back and said, thank you. Right. No. And, and that, those, those are the moments we live for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. So you're, yeah. you're about as fresh as you can be on the job. <laughs> and, yep. uh, and we're excited to have you here as a part of the community. What, what are you looking forward to? Like you're still building context. There's a lot that you're still just, just barely starting to, to get a handle on. What are you looking forward to for this coming school year? Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to being a principal. And uh, that's 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 why I went back to get my master's, and it wasn't just to get a big paycheck uh, because that doesn't happen. <laughs> you're you're in the um, wrong industry for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Education that doesn't happen. Um, but I, I think the thing I'm most excited about is having essentially my own school um, mm. and being able to be in that position. Um, I'm excited for this community. Um, and again, the the cool thing about this position was I was not looking for this position at yeah. all. That's right. This 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 uh, this this call came completely and literally out of the blue, and I'm I am so looking forward to working with this community. There has been just a a, fami- a familiarity with it um, that mm. um, that I, I had not anticipated. Um, when April and I came and visited in May, you know, a couple months ago, we immediately felt it, and so I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to uh, just interacting with my teachers. Um, my, my essentially philosophy on leadership is servant leadership. And I want to do everything I can to empower them to minister to the kids who are going to be here on our campus. We hear that phrase servant leadership quite a bit. Like what, what is that? Well, at least maybe we don't all hear it, but I've heard it. What does that mean to you? Like how, how, like break that apart for us. Like, what does that concept mean to you? Uh, for me, servant leadership is essentially I am going to do everything I can to make your job easier and to make sure that you have all the tools that you need to minister to our kids. Mm. And that's, you know, if, if that's if that's helping move cupboards, that's great. If that's me taking your recess break, that's great. If I need to help with a student who's having a discipline issue, that's great. I just want to make sure that the, the the opportunity is there for me to make sure that the teachers know that they're appreciated and that mm. we value them and that we are doing what we say we are doing in ministering and leading students to the kingdom. Mm. So that's, that's, that's the final goal. But, but again, for me, it's, you know, Jesus made himself a servant. Yeah. Uh, he didn't, you know, he, he didn't sit at the head of the table. You know, he didn't expect anyone else to wash his feet you know, he was the one who was ministering to the people. And that's, that, that's what I want to do. That's my goal. When I, when I think about that concept of servant leadership, it, it, it feels very aligned with empowerment. This the idea mm-hmm. of empowering the people that you're serving to be able to do their best work. So right. on the one hand, it, it sounds like kind of like a no brainer, right? Like who doesn't want mm-hmm. em- yeah. empowered, <laughs> uh, 
empowered team members kind of doing their best, bringing their best to work, like being excited about it. So, but yet on the other, it seems kind of a rare thing, which to me suggests that if it was easy, everyone would do it. So (laughs) in your experience, what's, what do you, what have you found hard about that concept of servant leadership and and empowerment? Um, I would say probably um, I am a, I don't want to say super organized person because that would, that would be, that would be false. Um, but some, I don't know if you've ever, there's like the, there are these personality tests that tell you what colors you are. Ah, sure. And, um, I am, I am a, I am a gold, which means I'm super organized and essentially super structured. And for lack of a better term, I'm very anal about everything. The hard part for me (laughs) is to go into a classroom and, not want to change things, even mm. when they're working, you know, mm. so that it's, well, I think things should be done this way, you know, that kind of thing. Um, even when they're working and that, so I, I would say that that's, that's a, that's a frustrating thing for me mm. also. Uh, but again, I, I let it go because, you know, teachers have got to be themselves. I, yeah, I don't want to tell them essentially what they have to do there in, in their classroom. Um, but that, that's, that's sometimes a little bit, difficult and frustrating for me. Um, but then again, on the other hand, uh, I am sure that I have things that <laughs> they don't like or are frustrated with, with me as well. It seems that in general, the strengths that we have always have trade-offs. So if you're really, if you are really good <laughs> at being organized and, uh, and structured about things, the risk there in general can be like missing an opportunity to try something out of the box. And Correct. And, and what I'm hearing in your experience, like if you have that focus on servant leadership and empowerment, you're able to play to your strengths while at the same time mm-hmm. checking yourself in areas where you're like, okay, well, I might do this differently, but because I'm focused on servant leadership and empowerment, I'm going to go ahead and mm-hmm. be uncomfortable with it being different than I would do it, which right, you know, goes to a point, right? At some point you're like, okay, I've, right. I've, you know, now we're going to guide I've this here, back. Yeah. but, mm-hmm. but yet, by having that default, it, it, it checks you and opens you up to mm-hmm. opportunities that you'd miss otherwise when people don't have that right. approach. They just, they shut everything mm-hmm. down and it seems like it's working, but you end up missing things. That's really cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, um, teachers who feel like they have autonomy in their classroom and that they can do what they feel like their strengths are and that they feel appreciated, they're going to work harder as well. And that's, that's one of the great things about uh, about that as well is is just like you're talking about the the ability to empower them to say hey I'm going to give you control here and um, go for it do 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 what you need to do. That's awesome. Well, you've you've shown up in in to what is for many of us our favorite part of the country. Is there <laughs> any particular? Th- I know you guys have not had a chance to really do sightseeing or anything. Is there any particular things you're looking forward to about this area? Um, I know that April is wanting to buy kayaks immediately. So nice. evidently that's happening. Um, Go to Costco. The thing I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I, that's what I've heard. Um, yes. the, the other thing that I'm looking forward to, you know, I, I spent three years in Colorado and I, mm. as much as the snow is an issue, I am going to be looking forward to that. Um, one of the things I am wanting to do is go snowshoeing because oh, cool. I, I, one of the things that I remember from my childhood was being outside and just the stillness of, and the quiet and when the snow is falling and you're just walking and you're kind of by yourself. And that's, 
I, I am really, that's almost a Zen moment for me. That's something I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> I love it. So um, yeah. we're coming up to the, near the end of this podcast, uh, both uh, as okay. a season and one of the things, so I don't know if we'll, it's up to RJ whether we'll do this again next year or not, but I'm going to ask you a question. So you're at the very sure. beginning of this experience. If you look ahead to, like, uh, let's imagine we get to do this again in a year or so. Like, what advice mm -hmm. would you give to yourself now that you'll kind of reflect back on a year from now? As you think about this year ahead and and uh, if you sort of step outside and look at Doug, the new principal coming into <laughs> a lot of good things, a lot of challenges, What's, what's the advice that you have for yourself right now, drawing from the experience you've had and all the things you've learned up to this moment? How do you approach this next year? Um, I, I think the big thing is, is I'm just going to have to tell myself and remind myself frequently to breathe, just to step ah. back and breathe for a minute Yes. and do that. Um, I'm also um, hopefully giving myself advice to, you know, allow for some mistakes. Mm. Um, yeah. Especially with what we're, you know, what, what we're dealing with. And, and the last thing is, is um, with, with uh, COVID and everything right now is that yep. we are, I'm just going to have to continually remind myself to be flexible Yes. In, in, in our approach to things, in how we do things, in our, in our interactions. But I think those are the three main things that I'm, I'm, I'm really going to focus on and try and get myself advice for this year. I love that. I love that. Well, we're really excited to have you. Uh, we, we care a lot about this school. It's been amazing to watch it grow over the years. And what I remind myself, you know, we, we put our best into things at the end of the day. God cares about all of this and the people within it even mm -hmm. more than we do, infinitely more. Correct. So there, there's a lot of encouragement that I think we can draw from that, that we're, we're working with him on something that has uh, mm -hmm. an infinite value to it, right? Because it's touching yeah. the hearts of all these, these children and their families. So very excited to have you and April here and a part of this community. And um, yeah, I appreciate you taking this time to share a little bit of insight. You'll, you're going to be preaching in a couple of weeks. Is that right? Yeah. Um, the first, I believe the first Sabbath in August is when I'll be there. So I'm actually really looking forward to that opportunity. Awesome. So. And uh, for anyone listening to this after the fact, we record uh, all the sermons at the Coeur d'Alene Church. So make sure that you take a look at that as well. So awesome. Nice. Doug, thank <laughs> you for joining us. Have a great rest of your evening. Enjoy the uh, the unpacking in the coming days. Thank you so much. And once again, we thanks again for doing this, Jonathan. And uh, we, are, we are feeling so blessed to be here. So thank you guys all so much. Awesome. It's great to have you. Talk to you again soon. Special thanks to Doug Zimmerman for spending some time and letting us get to know him a little better, and to Jonathan Wold for the interview. For more information about our church, visit cdaadventist.org.